I invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, as we continue our study of being faithful in an unfaithful world through looking at Daniel's book, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue whose height was 60 cubits and whose width was 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent for the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to assemble and come to the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So... The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. When they were standing before the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples and nations and languages, that when you hear the sound, of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, and the entire musical ensemble, you are to fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, as soon as the people heard the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, and the entire musical ensemble, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Accordingly, at this time, certain Chaldeans came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, and the entire musical ensemble shall fall down and worship the golden statue. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These pay no heed to you, O king. They do not serve your gods, and they do not worship the golden statue that you have set up. The Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the drum, and the entire musical ensemble, to fall down and worship the statue that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is this God that will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, then let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. And we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face was distorted. 
He ordered the furnace heated up seven times more than customary and ordered some of the strongest guards in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So the men were bound, still wearing their tunics, their trousers, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was so overheated, the raging flames killed the men who lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. He said to his counselors, Was it not three men that we threw and bound into the fire? And they answered, King, true, old king. He replied, But I see four men, unbound, walking in the middle of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the fourth has the appearance of a god. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of the blazing fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. The hair on their head were not even singed. Their tunics were not harmed, and not even the smell of fire came from them. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I will make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that utters blasphemy against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruin. For there is no other god who is able to deliver in this way. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever spent much time thinking about what you would really be able and willing to die for? I mean, when we've asked this question before, we often will come up with answers like, well, I'd be willing to die for my family. If I needed to put my life in harm's way to protect my family, I would do that. There are many who are willing to place their lives on the line for their country. There are law enforcement officers who continue to place their lives on the line to protect us. We just witnessed school teachers just a couple of weeks ago being willing to shield their, their children and, and the youth under their care and place their lives on the line. But what about our faith? What do we believe in enough that we'd rather die than deny our faith? What part of our faith do we believe in to the point that we would be willing to give our lives 
rather than to deny it. The book of Daniel is a great book to teach us how to be faithful in an unfaithful world. Daniel is placed during the time of the Babylonian captivity. You might remember that Babylon came in and and conquered Judah and and destroyed Jerusalem and and the temple in Jerusalem, took the people and, and exiled them all across the whole region. And then took a few people, a few of the healthier young men, and began to train them in language and and make sure that they were fed and educated to where they could serve in his court. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were set up to be those young men. And after Daniel had interpreted the king's dreams and earned favor from the king, then the king also elevated Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as rulers and leaders in the province of Babylon. Well, chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar decides he's going to build a statue. It wasn't uncommon that sometimes when dictators would come in, they would, would build up this big statue to kind of show who they are earlier. The Assyrians had done that. They built a big statue that, that comes up, and, and there are all kinds of archaeological finds of statues that existed when different kingdoms would be established. Later on, we'll hear that, that there's a, a statue to Zeus that's built and placed actually in, in Jerusalem, in the very temple itself. And, and so to have, have a statue... Not that uncommon, but this one was huge. 60 cubits. Now that's big, isn't it? I mean, if you know what a cubit is. I'm going with the Building Brothers for a few days this this coming weekend on their trip and and making sure that I had all my tools and everything ready. I went looking all throughout Lowe's and Home Depot all around trying to find a cubit measuring tape. (laughs) Those things are hard to find. A cubit is about 18 inches. So in other words, the statue is about 90 feet tall. It's a huge statue. And and there was an edict that was given out that, that when you hear the instruments played, everyone, all people everywhere, to bow down and worship the statue. Now, now, you might have noticed that the story kept repeating the various instruments again and again. And many of the scholars argue that, that at this point, the Babylonian Empire is so vast. It's taken over so many regions, so many languages, so many cultures, that what's happening is the naming of the various instruments are naming of instruments that are unique to the various regions and area throughout Babylon. In other words, the point is, when you hear the instrument played, whatever the instrument is, as a call to worship, you are to bow down wherever you are, whoever you are. You're to bow down and worship the statue. Well, that's where the conspiracy starts, because there are some of the Babylonians, or Chaldeans, as the scripture says, who denounce the Jews. Now, the scripture's telling you right up front, they're prejudiced. They're prejudiced against the Jews. They are denouncing the Jews for being Jews. And they're not happy at all that these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, have been elevated by King Nebuchadnezzar over some of the provinces in Babylon. And so they're, they're coming up with this idea that we've got to do something to bring these guys down. And so they start conniving. So if you thought 
that, that politics and manipulation and, and all those kind of things are new to us, it's not. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. Pretty much the beginning of humanity, we start seeing this stuff. And, and so they start with their jealousy for power and prestige coming together. They, they try to find out some way to bring them down. And so they go up to the king and they go, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we think you're awesome. We think you're grand. Oh, may the king rule forever. Didn't you one time say... Now, just let me share with you. If someone comes up to you and asks, didn't you say, and starts handing your words back to you, it's not going to be good. And so they're going up to the king, didn't you say? Pretty sure you said... That if someone did not bow down and worship the statue that you created, that they would be thrown immediately into the fire? I mean, didn't you say that? I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Didn't know what you said? I think that's what you said. I think it's actually written down you said that. Didn't you say that? Yes, that's what I said. Well, then catch the tone again. There are certain Jews. Notice that they didn't go, well, there are some people. No, there are certain Jews. Actually, there, there are these people in particular that we're wanting you to know about. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I, you just need to know they're not listening to you. They are not paying attention. Whereas we, O king, think you are phenomenal. We think you're grand. We think you're great. Long live the king. There are some people that are not listening to you. Actually, they're not even worshiping your gods. And we heard that someone said that they heard that they're not even bowing down and worshiping the statue that you have set up with your decree that if they don't, well, then they're going to be thrown into a fire. We just want you to know, long live the king. Well, by this point, the king is enraged. And he has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought before him. Now, what's interesting is he does give them a chance. He asks, is it true? Is it true that you do not worship my God? Is it true that you are not bowing down to worship when you hear the sound of the horn, the lyre, the pipe, the, you know, etc.? Is it true... That you're not worshiping the statue that I've made and obeying the edict and the decree that I have set forth. Is it true? And then, then there's the threat. Now, if you're ready to do this and you hear the sound and you'll bow down and worship, well and good. But if you don't, you will be thrown into a fiery furnace. And then the king messes up. I mean, up until this point, his argument is with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But he's about to mess up. He then says, and who is this God that has the power to take you out of my hand? I mean, you just messed up, king. You just took it to a whole new level. Now your argument is no longer just with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You just challenge God of all the people you want to challenge. Not God. You may be awesome king, but you are not God. And so, all of a sudden, 
You see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, you know what, king? There's nothing we can say. There's nothing we can say about this. I mean, here's the deal. If our God, who is able, whom we serve, is able to deliver us, then well and good. But if our God chooses not to deliver us, then you need to know, we will still not worship your God. And we still will not bow down before your statue. Either way, whether God delivers us or whether God does not, we're not doing it. Now, I, I think this is an important point. Because at this point, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do not know they're going to be delivered. We know the rest of the story already. We already know, well, you know what's going to happen. But they didn't know. And what I find amazing about their faith and their commitment is, is that they're saying, if God is able to deliver us and is willing to deliver us, praise God, hallelujah, we will celebrate and worship and rejoice. But if God chooses not to deliver us for whatever reason, we will still be faithful to our God. You see, there's a difference that sometimes God will deliver us from the fiery furnace. And then there are other times that God delivers us through the fiery furnace. But not everybody gets delivered. And we have to be honest and open. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not know they would be delivered. And why am I sharing this with you? Well, I love testimonies. I love to hear people share about what God is doing in their lives. I love to hear when people come in and, and they tell us about some event in their life. But... But let me share with you one of the concerns I have sometimes about the way we bring in people for testimonies and keynote speakers and other things. We have a tendency to be attracted to the people who go, I was in a fiery furnace and God delivered me and look at me today. And I love those. I think those are powerful testimonies. I think they're amazing testimonies. But not everybody has one of those testimonies. Some people find themselves in the fiery furnace, and rather than God delivering them from it, God actually will have to take them through it. And what I mean by that? Well, look at Jesus' own disciples. They followed Jesus very closely, but almost all of them ended up dying for their faith. They didn't have the story, put me on a cross upside down, look at me today. And, and, and there are so many, look at Stephen. Stephen. Stephen was stoned to death because of his faith. And while he was dying, offered forgiveness. And, and there was a guy by the name of Saul who eventually became Paul that took note of how he died. See, God didn't deliver him from it. He took Stephen through it. And, and, and you can argue, too, that, that the Jews in the Holocaust, so many of them were so faithful, loved God with all their heart and never turned their back on God, and yet so many of them died. We just have to be careful that, that our God is not simply a Disney God. Many of us want the Disney God where at the end of the movie it goes, and they lived happily ever after. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes life hits and we find ourselves in a furnace and there's no way out. We just get through. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith in God. If God delivers us out of it, praise be to God. And if God doesn't deliver us out of it, you need to know that's still our God. Still our God. It's part of our identity. It's who we are. We will be faithful regardless. Well, King is now all just, he's just furious. Because they are committed to God regardless. Why? Well, they know the Ten Commandments. What's the first commandment? Very first commandment. Exodus chapter 20. Know the first commandment? No other gods. King, not worshiping your gods. There's only one God. We're going to worship him. Not breaking the first commandment. Second commandment. What's the second commandment? No idols. King, I'll tell you what. Impressive 90 foot tall statue you got there. Dipped in gold. That's impressive. Take her on up to 100, 120 feet. We still will not worship because that's idolatry. We'll worship only our God. King now, he's livid. Matter of fact, his face is distorted. And I can just picture what that's like because I saw my parents' face do that when I was a teenager. You know how you can kind of come blood red and get that look on their face like, Arr! you know, and, and, he is, and he tells them, you heat up that furnace seven times hotter. And you're going, seven times? That seems like a little overkill, don't you think? I mean, if, if one time would normally have done it, like double would have made the point. But seven times? I mean, we want to make sure your sin's good. You will fry. And so they heat up seven times. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're told, are fully clothed and bound. Why? I mean, we're told they have their hat on, they have their garments on, they have their tunics on, they have everything on. Why? Because at that time, they probably were not wearing a flame-retardant apparel. In other words, they should light pretty quick. Seven times hotter, throw them in there. They, They should just catch right on. They're bound up so hot that the men who throw them in die in the fire and all of a sudden the king goes Psst, come here didn't we throw three people in there Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's three right three, three, three people right I see four now we were told more than three times that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound but what does the king say I see four people unbound Walking around. See, God set them free even in the midst of the fire. Four people unbound, and one of them has the appearance of God. The Hebrew actually implies has the appearance of a son of God. Now, now here's what I think is so powerful about that. And that is whether God delivers you from the fiery furnace or through it, you will never be alone has the appearance of the Son of God. And what's interesting is, is in Matthew, before Jesus is born and God takes on human form and lives among us, God said, and when he's born, name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The Son of God is called Emmanuel. And and then the last thing that Jesus said as he was ascending into heaven, the very last thing he said was, I will be with you always. Whether you're delivered from or you're delivered through, God will never abandon you. 
The king opens the door and calls them out, but listen to what he says. Those of the Most High God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come here. And he opened up the door, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out, and, and, and the fire had no power over them. They're amazed. Their bodies are not burned. Their hair's not even singed. I can singe my hair lighting a grill. Their hair's not even singed. And their clothes are not harmed. And they don't even smell like smoke. And notice what happens. The king blesses God. Servants of the Most High God. Then verse 28. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, they disobeyed the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. There is no other god, verse 29, who's able to deliver in this way. You see, what's beautiful is because Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were willing to be faithful in an unfaithful world, they offered a testimony and a witness to the king who then began to realize this is God. This is the one true God. You know, it would have been so much easier for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to have gone, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. When we hear the toot of the horn, We'll bow down and act like we're worshiping, but we're not really going to be worshiping. We're just going to act like we are, but it really won't mean anything to us. That would have been the easy thing to have done. But they would have lost their witness had they done that. My fear sometimes for the church of Jesus Christ today is that we've kind of gotten a habit of going, okay, We'll just kind of go through the motions, but it really doesn't mean anything to us. I mean, we know that God is our God, but we'll just kind of blend in like everybody else so that it's no big deal. The king acknowledges God because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are willing to be faithful. I wonder what would happen in our world today if the church decided we will be faithful in an unfaithful world. Who would begin to say, praise be to the God most high. This is the one true God. Who else could pull this off? You see, God answered the king's question. In verse 15, the king mistakenly said, and who is this God who can deliver you out of my hand? And God said, I am. I am the God. And now the king worships. You know, worship, that, that word actually means worship. Worship. This is worthy to be praised. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remind us. The false gods, not worth it. The idols, not worth it. There's only one worthy of praise. Only one that we'll bow down before. And praise be to God for that one. Will you pray with me?
God, it is so easy in our world today to compromise our faith and to compromise our values. It's, it's so easy for us today to worship other gods. And we don't call them gods. But anything that's more important to us than you becomes our God. We don't call them idols. But the things in our lives that we love more than you, they become our idols. God, it's hard to be faithful in an unfaithful world. So help us to learn from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that we will be faithful to you because that's part of our identity. It's part of who we are. It's our being. It's our essence. You are our God. We are your people. That's who we are. And if you deliver us from, then praise be to God. But if you deliver us through, then we'll see you on the other side. And we praise you that you will never leave us alone. You'll never abandon us. And God, many of us do not have a fiery furnace on the other side of these doors. But there are some of us who've been thrown curveballs. There are some of us who are going through hard times. And there are some of us that feel like we're in a furnace. And God, we praise you that you do not abandon us. Wasn't there three? No, I see four. And one has the appearance of the Son of God. You are always with us and we praise you and you'll see us through it and God we pray that that we will be faithful regardless of what you do so that others will see who you are and may they worship and praise you as well God bless your church bless us as your people and help us, we pray, to be faithful in an unfaithful world so that we might lead an unfaithful world to know you as Savior and Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.